Before we start this episode, I thought I'd tell you that I've got a new book out. Yes, another one. This one is to help coaches supercharge their coaching capability through reflective journaling. Coaching Journal, a guide and journal, walks you through the process by, well, providing you with a guide and some structured reflective models. So pop over to Amazon and get this quick, practical and insightful book today to start your journey towards a more successful professional practice. What would you put in your backpack if you had a new coaching engagement but could only take a limited number of items? Each week, the Coach's Backpack looks at the multifaceted world of coaching and asks a new guest to tell us what they would take with them and why. Hi, I'm David Lowe, and this week we're taking a peek inside the backpack of Madeline Langston. Welcome, Madeline. Morning, hello. So first off, the first challenge is, can you describe what you do in under 20 words? I hope I can <laughs> because there's so many things, but I guess ultimately I help people with how they're feeling with a loss or change in their life. Well, and we will delve more into that as we go through, right? So here is the scenario, Madeline. You've been asked to coach a new client, but are limited to what you can take with you. So don't worry, you've got your essentials, you've got your clothes, your toothbrush. But in addition to those, you can take one book, one tool, technique, concept, method, approach, one other item of your choice, plus a person from the past or the present to accompany you. So what and who would you take with you and why? Okay, I'm going to go with the last question is who. I would take a well-being practitioner with me. Often when we're grieving, you know, we're not only mentally and emotionally drained, but we're also physically drained. So sometimes it helps to have somebody to help us restore how we physically feel, to be able to face what we're feeling and going through. So I think it'd be nice to have somebody with a wider range of well-being tools that could help the person that I'm going to be meeting. I won't ask you to name anyone specifically because that'll just put you on the spot. I'd hope that I know a little bit more about who I'm going to be meeting, but I probably initially would take somebody who maybe is like a skilled in a, a vast array of well-being techniques. So then we could use one that works for the person that we're meeting. I'm starting to learn a little bit more myself, like mind, body and breath integration with grief and many different other things. But I think uh, sometimes it's, I like to collaborate to be able to help people as much as possible. Right, off to a flying start. Okay, then you've got your person. What's going in the backpack? The book that I would like to bring for the person I'm meeting is a notebook. I don't like to take notes myself, but I love to encourage them to take notes for themselves and to write down whatever resonates or connects with them because so many times we often hear oh that's a good question I need to give that some you know thinking or I need to, time to think about that so sometimes you know it's good to write down what connects with us and so I always like to offer them a notebook I definitely don't find it helpful for me to keep notes because next time I meet with them I don't like to go back to where my last notes were I like to meet them where they are at because as we know coaching a lot of the work is also done in between sessions no one has ever picked the notebook as their book. They've often taken it as the item. Um, but I like the fact that you've kind of taken it in that the client's words are more important than anyone else's. Yeah, oh yeah, because the book is for me, not for them. If I was to bring a, a book that I was reading or a text, that would be for me, which I'd rather, I could have that outside the engagement. Um, but this is their time. So how does the book help them? I can't think of anything else for a notebook. It wouldn't even cross my mind to bring a textbook of any description. If I was going to press you for a book that you would want to take with you so that you could read it outside the session, I don't know, on your journey, what is your favourite book? 
I can't choose a favourite book. I really couldn't. That's like asking somebody to choose their favourite child. You know, that's like, you can't. <laughs> you just... Well, let's move on to that. Uh, which is your favourite child? <laughs> <laughs> that would be really mean. Um, I read a lot, quite a lot, a lot of books around death uh, and grief. At the moment, I'm reading quite a bit about Irvin Yalom. He wrote a book with his wife. They both started to write it together. And then he finished it after Marilyn passed away. He was saying that of all the, the therapy sessions that he's done to help people with bereavement, now in his 80s, only going through the loss of Marilyn, does he feel that he's in a better place to help people? And I found that really quite fascinating because you don't necessarily think that you have to have experienced something yourself to help somebody. But that's like kind of like going against the grain of what we're always taught. But he, he just feels that he's got more, more, maybe more depth to his, if he was to be uh, still doing sessions, he said, you know, that he would do it completely different now. So it's quite, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. it is, yeah. So if it's a book for me, then I, I found that quite fascinating. Because what stopped me working in grief was worried about how it would impact my grief. And it's only through supervision that I was able to then move forward with it and know that, okay, this is how I'm going, how I can work with people because it's what they want to talk to me about uh, and know that I can help. I imagine supervision in in your area is is well it's always important but I uh, what's the word I'm looking for I imagine it's particularly important. No I don't think any more different to any coaching that we do we don't know when we're working with somebody we don't know what they're going to open up to us about you know, mm. what, do we, what do we do with that I just know that they're going potentially that I'm going to maybe they're going to open up more than any other coaching engagement, um, or at least I hope they do, because that's you know the space that I'm holding for them if they wish to. Initially, I had this strong sense of grief, and but no, no, they weren't sharing that anyone had died, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, this is really bizarre. Why am I sensing grief, but no one's died? And then people then started to talk to me about death, and so how then they're lost, and I was like, oh no, what do I do with this? I know how to listen, but I don't know what do you do? And even not talked about grief on in coaching, and I was like, what do you do? So I just listened. But then I was taking it to supervision, you know, I think I got challenged. What, what's stopping me from, or what's, oh no, what is my obstacle? What is it? And, it? and it was, I was scared about how it was going to impact my grief. And then my way of getting around it was in training in grief. And then I realised, actually, it's not going to impact my grief. Yeah, and once I started learning more about it, I was like, oh, no, I can do it. I, you know, I can help people. This is what I was, you know, if people are willing to open up to me, it's a privilege. Because I know how hard it is for people to talk about. Um, so if I can help, then I feel like I'm now able to interesting so what else are we putting in this backpack i find that my go-to technique is always going to be my listening so my ears so i'm not sure if my ears are an item or a technique so so i may change that as well but it's going to be my my listening my listening ability i want them to know that they're being listened to so they feel heard and also in grief work you know there's this term that we refer to as like a heart with ears if you know, if you put two ears together, they symbolise the shape of a heart. And I always keep that in, in mind. You know, listening is my go-to all the time. Like, I want to ensure that I'm truly listening. So I, you know, any questions I ask are for them, not for me. What will help them, not help me? Or maybe my ears or my item. Let's see, I don't know myself. But that, that's what I'll definitely bring in my backpack, my listening ability. So that people who are listening can get an idea of your role, could you give us a description of a typical client engagement, if there is such a thing? Many of the people that I work with at the moment have experienced a bereavement and 
I think that's probably because most people, well not most, I should change it, I'll say many people, only associate grief with bereavement. But we can have those feelings and how we feel from any change or loss in our life, whether it's, you know, changes to our career, changes to our job, whether it be changes to our family, any changes to our life, those changes that we want and those changes that we don't want. And how we feel, you know, it impacts and ripples throughout all of our life. So I think at the moment, most of my work is with helping people with the bereavement in their life. I think as I help and start talking to more people, then I'll be able to help more people with it, whether they're going for a divorce or whether their job is being made redundant or any other change. I mean, the list is endless. Right? And so anyone that wants help with how they're feeling, that's where I, I like to be able to support them. I mean, the first thing that came to mind after bereavement was redundancy, because so many people seem to struggle with that, right? It's a work rightly or wrongly becomes part of our character and part of our identity. And then when we retire, I'm sure there's a few people out there thinking, have I not retired by now? You know, retirement does seem to just remove that familiarity and that identity part from you as well. It was a big change in our life. And bizarrely, we're not taught at all, really, for something that's never done in life. We're not taught how to deal with it. Uh, it just, you know, it's mind-blowing, really, not in a good way. And often, you know, it's, it's the quality of our life that's affected because it impacts everything, our mood, our, you know, our well-being, our relationships, our work, our business. Yeah, I, I really like to invite and encourage people to, you know, get help with how they're feeling around a big change or loss in their life. A lot of people feel, especially with this bereavement, that by working with their grief or moving forward a bit, it's about leaving that person behind or leaving that loss behind, but it, it truly isn't. It's about moving forward in a, in a way that's helpful for you, so you still have your quality of life and that you still feel that you, you have a life that you want to enjoy and have, you know, joy from contentment, happiness. But I, yeah, I would really just encourage if someone wants to change how they're feeling with what they're experiencing, then, then reach out. And, you know, if, even if it's not to me, but to somebody, and even if it's, you know, to contact me and say, this is, you know... You don't have to work with me, but I can help maybe signpost to somebody else. I don't want people to be stuck with their own, because often we feel that there is nowhere to go and that we have to experience this or be stuck with how we're feeling by ourselves, because no one understands. But also, you know, no one will understand how we're feeling, because it's unique to us. But working with somebody who understands that no one's going to understand, I think it's, you know, will be helpful for people. Okay, I'm going to stop grilling you now. I'm just fascinated by it. Um, still, I'm slightly troubled by the ears being an object. <laughs> and then the thought of you just having like a bot in your backpack, just like you're bringing out these ears. Sometimes I do vision, you know, I have to vision that to ensure that I am listening. It, you know, you know, sometimes it's like a, an anchoring for me. Like, okay, you know, put your listening on, make sure you're listening, lads. Are you, at, are you here to listen? Are you grounded in this space? I mean, people go through some really devastating time and sometimes you know if I'm not truly listening then you know I've got to be careful that a, it doesn't not only impact me but how can I then be helpful for them and so sometimes I really you know <laughs> the whole image of me thinking about well, put your ears on my really listen how can you help here because sometimes just allowing somebody to be able to open up about how they're truly feeling is just help from itself but you you know if I'm not listening then it's they're not going to do that again because they're going to feel rejected which unfortunately a lot of the time you know people will talk and then just not get the response because we don't know how to respond when people open up about grief it's like oh no i don't want to hit that oh, okay. mm. i'm going to take that idea of you picking out the ears out of the backpack with me when i think about right time to listen and putting them on 
it, it grounds me to the space for them. It really does make me present for the session. Well, as simple as like I'll always wear, especially online, I'll always wear a headset so people know that even when they're talking, nobody else could possibly be hearing. Mm. But even that, that process of putting the earbuds in is like me putting on my ears um, and then tunes me in. It'd be interesting when we get to do more face-to-face <laughs> I'll use as my grounding for getting my ears on. You could get like a plastic pair of ears, you know, those comedy ears, but I'm not yeah. sure that would set the right tone. Maybe it would, maybe it would help. Maybe humour. Well, and, and that's That'd a be interesting, actually. Yeah. This is a selfish question here in, in light of my research area, but yeah. how much does humour come into it? Well, how much does humour come into any coaching conversation? I think we have to just judge, have a feeling whether or not it's right to use a, a question, whether we know it's right to use laughter, whether it's, you know... Sometimes you, you don't know who you're going to meet and what they're going to bring up. And often, you know, what brings somebody to the coaching engagement is not what we end up talking about. Ultimately, also, you know, with grief, we can't assume that tears is always a sign of sadness or of any, actually, in any coaching session. But also laughter. Laughter is a really big reaction to grief. It's just, you know, people, some people have just hysterically laughed. So what is the other item? I've, I've lost the plot. We've, we've had a notebook, which is your book. We've had your listening. So what is the final item that you want to put in your backpack to take with you? My instincts. I find them as probably one of my other, my second or equally as helpful as my listening ability. Because it's also my radar, my gauge of how, I, how well I'm listening as well. Because if I'm not sensing or feeling something, then I think am I truly listening? And it's being able to distinguish what's what's my feelings and what somebody else's. So often what I'm sensing, feeling or thinking when I share it is what they're experiencing. And I think, well, that to me makes sense, because if I'm truly listening to them, then that, that's their world. That could be how they're feeling. So I'm probably saying like over 90 percent of the time when I share how, what I'm sensing and feeling, it matches their experience. Yeah, I, I think I may be a little bit lost about my instincts and intuition, maybe. So I, I definitely would like that in my backpack. That's a, a great choice. Is it more about empathy or sympathy? Because I think this is something that lots of people get confused. I think there's this, the sympathy, the empathy and compassion. So I, I try, like I, I remember looking up the definitions of all three it made me intellectualize it and I was like oh no that's not it because also when we're grieving we try to think our way out of things but really grief is a feeling so I was like oh no I can't think what you know the difference is between sympathy empathy and compassion but but I I feel when I'm in a compassionate mode sympathy is when I'm trying to connect with maybe how they're feeling like oh yeah I know how you feel I'm sorry but I but I, I don't um, maybe empathy is trying to understand how they're feeling. But I think, you know, if I go with compassion, I know that I'm going in with my heart with ears. I'm going with my instincts. I'm going in with time for them. And I'm, I'm giving what I can, my ability to help them. So it compassion is. more than either of the other two? Yeah, definitely for me. I have like a, a reaction in my body about sympathy and empathy. I just don't like, no, I don't want it. I like, if I was on the, the other side, I would not want somebody's sympathy. Uh, I don't want somebody's empathy. Okay, cool. Well, your backpack is all packed. Now, sometimes other people might help us pack some of our backpack. And so if there was one thing you'd want to make sure is not in that backpack, what would it be? All my stuff. 
<laughs> you know, like when you've got to think, oh, I've got to do this today, I've got to do that, or have I done this, or, or you know, just whatever it is that's going on in our heads for the day, I want to make sure that's not with me. Because that will be there when I've finished the session in coaching engagement. It's not going to go anywhere. But I just want to, I don't want it to be with me for this time because it's time with them, not my time. So I hope that clutter and noise isn't present so I can truly listen, engage and be there. Right. So we are, well, you're set to go. Now you're set to, to go off on this mystery engagement. Where do you hope you are or are not going? Ooh, nice question. I hope it's towards the corporate world. I really think that we need some more support within the, the workspace. I'm not even sure if corporate is the right word now, but within the workspace, because, you know, I hope employers help employees more with how people are feeling during big times of change going on, whether it is through work changes or life changes. You know, so many times that people bring up about employee assist programs, but I don't know all the people that I've worked with or spoken to, I don't know many people that want to engage with it they want to know who they're talking to they want to have a, a face and a, a name and a person to who they're going to be opening up with and they don't have that feeling or that sense or that knowing with EA programs so I hope that it is an employer who's called up to say will you you know have a chat with somebody in our team because it will impact the rest of the team as well so I think it, you know it's a win for everybody but I hope it's not I not hope I'm not meeting them in the workspace I hope the person chooses a space that where they feel that they're free to talk and open up and feel safe to talk. If it's me personally, I'd love it to be near water. I know not everyone does like water. So wherever they would, <laughs> they would. Do you feel generally it's, it's getting better, this whole situation of people being able to talk and deal with grief and deal with change? I think there's more talk about it. I think there still needs to be more change, but for, you know, for change to be changed, it needs to be continual. I think, in some areas, yes, there's still a lot of work to do. And I hope I can do my bit with that and to provide that support and to, you know, maybe help create that change in some way. Brilliant. And if people would like to know more, where can they go? Well, on LinkedIn, that's always a good way to connect with me. And I also have my website, which is madelinelangston.com. Yeah, they're probably the, the two ways uh, to reach with me. Okay, great. And we'll put the links in the show notes so people can Thanks, click on those as well. Thank you, Madeline Langston, for being on The Coach's Backpack. Thanks, David. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed talking with you. And thank you for joining us on this episode of The Coach's Backpack. If you would like extra goodies, such as free tools, offers, further info about our guests, and maybe even the odd peek inside their actual backpack, sign up to our mailing list at thecoachesbackpack.com. And don't forget to follow the podcast too. See you next time.